Hello and welcome to episode four of the Product Design Podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know or couldn't guess by the title, this is a series of talks where I will essentially be picking the brains of industry experts, exploring different topics within product and design. And here with me today, I have the pleasure of being joined um, by Stefan Weitzmeier. So the topics that we will be um, exploring in today's podcast is number one, the value of product owners, business analysts and requirements engineers. Um, and number two, the tensions between um, the developers and the business side um, of the, the company where you're bridging the gap um, between these two and coming to a common ground. So at the end of the podcast, we will um, discuss and find out exactly what the value is of product owners, business analysts and requirements engineers. Um, but firstly, Stephen, again, pleasure to have you on here today. Um, please, could you start by giving a quick overview um, of yourself and your career so far? Sure. Hi, Anna. Thanks Hello. for having me. You're more than welcome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity for me uh, to talk a little bit about um, my whole, uh, you know, what, what basically my, my whole career or what the topic is of my whole career, you could say. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, I've been now working for over 10 years in the IT industry, um, mm -hmm. started out as a software engineer, so on the technical side. Yeah. Although I studied, you know, business information systems, which is like a um, combination of business administration and computer science, mm -hmm. I still chose to start the, in the practical part, let's say, <laughs> as a software engineer. Yeah. And uh, early on, I had the opportunity to work in China and live there for three years, which was a nice. fantastic experience, of course. And... Um, learned a lot uh, there and was also kind of yes not only a software engineer also a little bit uh, business analyst at that time requirements engineer mm -hmm. what um, what you like to call it and uh, <laughs> then later on um, I came to Switzerland and uh, started um, my career here at a company where I had the opportunity to really work for different uh, on projects for different bigger Swiss companies mm -hmm. that um, yeah have really uh, you know highly complex IT environments and uh, yeah I learned a lot there. Also mm -hmm. started as a software engineer, but quite quickly <laughs> <laughs> changed uh, the role actually because I had yeah. the opportunity to try a project as a business analyst. Or mm -hmm. requirements engineer and i was um yeah i liked that a lot um it was a little less you know coding uh, sitting at the computer and coding uh, a little mm -hmm. more talking to people yeah um, and so i yeah i liked that um a little bit more so i i kept on that track mm -hmm. and uh, was working as a business analyst and later on product owner um for the rest of my career and still today mm -hmm. um, working for a startup in insurance um, or insure tech um, area mm -hmm. as a product owner and it's really um, yeah it has been a very interesting uh, career for until now get, get <laughs> more gets more interesting yeah. now that i <laughs> now that i have met you and we have we're doing a podcast oh lovely well, it's quite <laughs> thank you so much for that um you know i think it's fair to say that you've had you know quite a journey throughout your professional career i think what's really interesting here is that you have experience obviously with the, with the first topic we're going to discuss um in terms of now being a product owner you started out as a software engineer um on top of that worked as a business analyst so your insight um, could be coming from different angles because obviously you, you've been within those different positions throughout your career. Um, mm. So, yeah, in saying that, I mean, I'd love to kind of hear your insight as a product owner because, you know, I know that you have extensive field within that department. Um, I guess from an outsider's perspective looking in, um, it would be fair to say it looks like a straightforward process in terms of getting a product out to production. Um, but what is sort of the the ins and outs of that process from the perspective of a product owner 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, what we talked before about was uh, this joke in, in this movie, Office Space. Yes. <laughs> you might remember and uh, laughed about it. I mean, it's, it's a great joke. It's, it's this scene where, I mean, for those who don't know it, it's a movie uh, from the end of the 90s, I think, about a standard IT company mm -hmm. in America in, uh, in the 90s with you know with all these cliches and and memes mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and of course there is a truth to everything and <clears throat> this this one scene is about requirements engineers because mm -hmm. there is this this guy in interviewed by the by the let's say mckinsey uh who tried to find people who are not if you are not valuable for the company who are not mm -hmm. efficient or who don't provide value to the company and the thing that he says is i take this so they ask what are you doing here and he says mm -hmm. i take the specification from the business um to the software developers mm -hmm. and this sounds as you said very straightforward yeah it does <laughs> and, indeed <laughs> and i actually i have rewatched the scene recently and actually he even says his secretary is doing the actual <laughs> work <laughs> so uh, uh, that's even worse so <clears throat> i have the feeling that this is a perception of this role you know yeah i mean it is funny because everyone can relate to that a little bit yeah and this might be you know what some people think from the outside okay but what are you actually doing you know mm -hmm. just, why why don't the business people directly talk to the developers yeah and um I mean, since my career is in this job, uh, I have a, I, you know, I also, I mean, I like the joke because it's funny, but I also think it's not quite true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do think that uh, we provide a lot of value, actually, mm. and <clears throat> maybe the, you know, the, the main, uh, let's say, the main issue or the main problem space that we are working on as product owners or requirements engineers mm -hmm. is the uh, gap between business side and yeah. customer side and it mm -hmm. side right yeah and um, i mean this is even even wider to, today or let's say in recent years um, where companies especially as well, i know it from switzerland but i assume it's uh, also in, in other countries like uk or germany or so mm -hmm. where you have the software teams um, near shoring right near yes. short mm -hmm. so in eastern europe or even further in asia offshore right so basically you have this the gap anyway between business and it already mm -hmm. right from the uh, alone from the topics that they talk about, from the knowledge, from the skill set, yeah. uh, from what they want. I want. I think I will talk about that later on. Mm -hmm. But also, in addition, you have this cultural and uh, you know socialization gap that is you know between completely yes. different cultures, and yeah. also you know um, everything else like economical differences and language barriers and all these things right mm -hmm. so the gap is even wider if you have development teams that are offshore yeah which is really a common case i have this you know throughout uh, all my projects or jobs I, and basically there was there was a team at least one team that was um, outsourced like that right uh-huh um so it's really common and <clears throat> um, that as i said that widens this gap that is anyway there mm -hmm. and you know, when you when I talk about business side, I mean, of course, not only these internal stakeholders that are, yeah. you know, the maybe business representatives, sales representatives, people mm -hmm. like that, but also the end the end customer, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what, which can be internal if you're a huge company and you build so internal tools, um, can be internal customer, but also uh, of course the external consumer and um uh and the you know the basic value for for the business um mm -hmm. that is for me the business side and then you have the it side where i mean the 
developers, testers, operations, everything that belongs to um, to um, creating a software, mm -hmm. basically, and running it. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, also, I read this study, um, it's a PVC study. Right. I mean, you probably know this. They always they do it every I don't know, not every year, nearly every year. This global mm -hmm. digital survey. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Business leaders. Yeah. So um, a few years ago, this this was really interesting because they they found exactly this gap that I was describing, right? This, right. Because they they the IT leaders they said we the problem is not the, that the technology is not there, but the problem mm -hmm. is rather that uh, there is a lack between of of collaboration between business and IT. That's one yeah. part. Uh -huh. So it's it's exactly this. You cannot just take the specification or requirements and you know yeah hold them, hold them over the fence <laughs> to develop <laughs> yeah. and then hope that software comes back. Right? Yeah, and uh, the software that you wanted comes back. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah and. So they they found that this was the main reason why why software projects failed, right? Oh wow! Uh, instead of uh, maybe technology not working or something like that. Yeah, right? that's so interesting. Well, there was a yeah. study on that. I mean, was that recent as well, or? I mean, the one that I uh, when I um, basically uh, was researching that part i that was 2017 this ah this i see oh wow uh, it has been yeah now it has been 5 years but i mm. i really think since i'm still working in that area yeah i really still feel that that's the case you know? that is the case yeah, yeah oh yeah. wow that's that's um, really interesting to kind of hear um and obviously as we mentioned there sort of that the bridging of the gap between the two and the fact that that gap was identified as well and you know you yourself as a product owner experiencing that um, I guess you could say kind of push and pull between those two um, contrasting sides I guess you could say as a part to opposing because obviously the main aim is for you guys to come to um, you know meet a common ground to present um, a product of value essentially which is very interesting um i liked obviously the joke you mentioned at the start very true um you know that's kind of how outsiders i guess you could say looking in may view the situation which is why i was really interested to have this talk with you on this podcast today to kind of hear insight and shed light on the fact that actually if only it were as straightforward as going from a to b etc but there's so many sort of elements to take into sort of context um so how how do you see this kind of moving forward and in terms of kind of bridging the gap uh between the two obviously you need a middleman in this situation um and i guess it'd be fair to say in this situation obviously is your product owner so say if you were to remove that from um the equation how would that kind of impact on on processes um you know from your perspective yeah so i think that's the point right um you need a middle and mm. um also the reason is that you have developers uh, that really should actually focus on developing right and mm -hmm. the thing is <clears throat> there is a tension between business and it yeah but i think it's not a bad thing right that okay. you have this tension because you have uh, as you said the push and pull is quite it's actually uh, i think it's it's not a bad thing per se you just have to um yeah use it right mm -hmm. um i mean if there was no tension you know in the world then uh, i guess there would be nothing of value <laughs> right i mean that's very true yeah, yeah i agree yeah. with that mm because you know there is this um maybe you know this uh, quote from this philosopher mm -hmm. he said uh, all of humanity's problems stem from 
man's inability to sit quietly in a room. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, it's very familiar. That is the perfect one to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So that's exactly the point, right? If, if, there were, if there was no tension, nothing would happen. So Absolutely. In, in general, I think it's, it's not per se a bad thing, although we humans always want to relieve the tension, right? That's yeah. always the goal. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, naturally, exactly. But, um, and, and it's also true here, but um, it's important to... Yeah, do it in the right way because imagine, uh, imagine there was no tension between business and IT because the developer, the developers don't want to create the most beautiful code and the most wonderful design patterns, you know, mm -hmm. or or if the business side wouldn't want to maximize the customer value mm -hmm. from the developed software. Yes. Then, then either you know the software would never finish. Mm -hmm. will never be finished because the the engineer is doing this happy engineering yeah. you know like i will build the most beautiful thing uh, but <laughs> i don't it will never be finished or i don't care when it's finished yeah. <laughs> uh, or it doesn't actually solve the customer's problem right it's just yeah. a cool thing to build but it doesn't mm. solve, solve the, or it doesn't it's not useful for the customer yeah um or on the business side the software is maybe if the if only the business side gets its stake right then uh, only uh, then maybe the software is to de um, deliver too quickly yeah uh, it still has a lot of bugs it's not useful usable mm. um it doesn't it, maybe it doesn't work technically because the developer didn't have time to yeah. use the correct design patterns or build a good architecture and so on mm -hmm. so both sides you know need to go in their direction Yes. A little bit, although in the, the directions might not always align, right? It's not mm -hmm. always because, oh, I need the software on Monday, but the developer says, no, I cannot build the, a, a good written code until then, right? Mm -hmm. For example. And then who decides or who finds the, the best way then to go forward? And that is, I think, um, a good job for the requirements engineer, the business analyst or product owner, even mm -hmm. more. Um, because the product owner also has the power to decide actually yeah. <laughs> holds a decision is a very yeah. important thing yeah yeah so um that's yeah that's why i think um that this role is really a good mediator or let's say a middleman or whatever mm -hmm. middlewoman yeah. uh, to decide um or to to bring compromise kind of yeah to, yes you need to talk to both parts parties yeah. kind of and you need to um yeah make sure that you with the resources that you have with the time that you have that you build something um valuable and useful that is actually being used and actually uh working yeah definitely i really like uh, you know when you pick it apart in that way um i completely agree with your point in terms of you need both kind of perspectives um you know mm. in order to put something together of value as you've mentioned so you can't operate um with just one one side um so it's really interesting the way that you um kind of divided and dissected it in that way um i think it just it just makes logical sense and then obviously having the middleman being obviously your product owner business analyst requirements engineer um to come to that sort of um happy medium and you know because the end result is, you know, essentially, you know, produce something of value. So, yeah, I really um, kind of agree with that structure. I mean, firstly, um, saying going back to kind of having the middleman within the process, I know you mentioned there, so product owner, business analyst and requirements engineer. Now, just for people that may not be as informed in terms of, you know, the kind of uh you know positions of what they play within a company um i know we've seen a lot of you know we have job titles which kind of mean the same thing so could you just define um sort of either the difference or the roles exactly of your product donor business analyst and requirements engineer within that process that you've just outlined sure i mean that's always uh you know that has always been a um, cause for discussion or um, let's say um, yeah 
uh, people were unsure. Okay, what what does this role actually entail in in this yeah. company? Because it can be different in the other company. Yes, um, absolutely. Especially, you know, business analyst. If you you take that name, mm -hmm. business analyst can be a lot of things. Mm, but in the IT area, um, it's usually the require the, the same as the requirements engineer. I would say. Okay. And it it's basically you write the specific other you your your end product is probably the specification that you write mm -hmm. for the software that's to mm -hmm. be created, right? But um, of course, you need to um, talk to all the as I said the business side, the business stakeholders, create compromise. You mm -hmm. need to um, talk to the developers, um, to the architects, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, to create a specification that uh, is um, that, that the developers actually understand and is not you know ambiguous and so on mm -hmm. so uh, of course that's that's a very difficult part because um, there are many ways to make mistakes there to or to omit things where you think okay this should be clear you know in your subconscious it's clear but the other person who reads the same specification maybe yes. being far away from another continent or whatever you know mm. has a completely different uh, way of uh, seeing the world <laughs> then, yeah definitely why, yeah it can and then yeah there are misunderstandings and the software that built is, is not the right thing and then you have to go back uh, in another loop and mm. um, you know build it differently and so on so uh, there uh, i think is is um requirements engineer or the business analysts um, job mm -hmm. to really create um, a specification and to make yeah to to that that actually results um, in everyone understanding the same thing okay everyone involved right and also <laughs> you know they have, you have this com communication to the business side which yeah. maybe sometimes needs other ways than mm -hmm. with the developers right so right the, That makes sense. I like to work with images uh, or where I draw something and a diagram, a very easy diagram that can be understood by all sides. That mm -hmm. is, uh, that is uh, usually the best, for example, to illustrate complex um, processes or, or, you know, behaviors of the software or what's or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are certain, yeah, easy, easy ways to, to make it um, still you know, unambiguous, but still uh, easy to understand. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for example, those things, right? And um, the, in addition, you have the, uh, maybe I should add one more thing. Sure. There is a solution designer role as well. Okay. Which um, sometimes, um, it's sometimes the requirements engineer is called solution designer or Solution designer is an additional role or the work of the requirements engineer also entails solution design, which is really even more technical. So it's basically closer to the developer. Right. Because they they uh, design the solution on the technical level, right? Mm -hmm. So the requirements engineer gets the requirements. What is the What should the software do or what should the result be? Mm -hmm. But then how to get there technically, right? Yeah. This... Um, is basically what the solution designer is is doing. Ah. So he is really most, also he is really only, let's say, talking to the developers and architects uh, instead of, uh, because the business requirements should then be clear, right? Mm. From the, oh, wow. That point. So yeah. This Quite a lot of factors. So, yeah, another yeah, addition yeah. into the equation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is also something that the requirements engineer or business analyst um, is tasked to do sometimes yeah oh, if wow. he has the background technical background then uh, this can be part of it oh wow yeah and then i mean the the more common or the now more common role or more known role is the the product owner i guess right yes yeah um so it's really um covers basically all that the business analyst is doing i would say mm. okay uh, Sometimes you have such big teams that you have both, right? That you have right. product owner, but you have also business analysts or requirements engineers yeah. in the project, right? Mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, who is writing specifications and doing all that, what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But the product owner, um, at least how I was doing, how I was, um, you know, the jobs that I had as a product owner, they always had uh, everything. So mm -hmm. um, all the business analyst uh, tasks, but also in addition, the uh, project management tasks. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, at least from IT perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So you you had a business side, a uh, project manager from the business side as well, mm -hmm. who's like uh, overall project manager. Right. But, um, but from the IT side, you also need someone to take you know to to plan the resources, right? The yes. developer, developing resources, testing resources, and so on. Mm -hmm. Who is doing the time planning? Um, you know, based on estimations of the developers on, on the effort, then you, um, as a product owner, you need to make decisions on prioritization, you know, what mm -hmm. should we do, what needs to be done first and so on. Um, yeah. plan the releases, what should be in the next release mm -hmm. and all this, um, you know, with the time plan and then, uh, you know, communicating that to the business side. And, wow, there's um, a lot to, that goes into that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot in addition. You a know. lot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just you saying that and you're speaking from experience, um, it kind of links back yeah. to our very original, uh, you know, point that we raised at the start to where, you know, it's not as straightforward as a process, um, you know, to get from one place to the other. There's so many absolutely. contributing <laughs> factors. Yeah, it's like if you yeah. had uh, a funnel, there's so much that goes into it before you can come out with the end product um, and it's interesting exactly. to hear you sharing your insight from experience um, so is it fair to say you know the position of your product donors business analysts and requirements engineer in this equation that we've outlined they are the middle men or women in the process um, obviously they have different roles um, you know to serve within that equation um, but in, in some cases like you mentioned you see companies that have a product donor and a business analyst or requirements engineer or in your case, um, obviously being a product owner, you obviously had to, to cater to each of those different responsibilities um, within that equation. Yeah, exactly. And um, the, the product owner, he as, as the name says, right, he owns the product, which means yeah. he's um, also responsible ultimately for this yes. product or yeah, for this, let's say, software product, right? Mm. Um, and um, I mean, that is, uh, that can mean in the end that, you know, you have to, um, you know, you have to do the deployment or you have to do the, uh, write the last lines of code. I don't know, sometimes it can happen, you know, if yeah. no one is, uh, if, you know, if you ultimately you're responsible and also during pro um, operate, other than if the product is live, mm. also during that time. Um, at least in where I was working, uh, the product owner was also responsible still then right for the running software ah. so if product you know if issues happen on production you mm. immediately have to um have to handle that um yeah i mean of course it depends uh it, of course there are many product owner roles in big companies that may be a little different you know where you maybe where you have more um work uh, dis uh distribution right more people to to help him with yes. some stuff, for example, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that that is really uh, it. Really means you own the product and have to take care that um, customers can use it and uh, that it's valuable and working. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. A lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> There's a lot yeah, that goes into it. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and I mean, this is a the, the main issue in software development is it's a com it's a complex a task mm. you know not not only complicated so we ha i have the you know maybe you know this differentiation yes uh, complicated means okay you, it, it is a complicated um, process but you can define it and you can uh, you know describe it mm. and it doesn't change but yeah. complex is really it's you, it is complicated, but it's also dynamic. So mm. it uh, it changes dynamically. Yeah. The require the requirements change. 
then you have a lot of factors, right? The software developers, maybe they make a mistake. Maybe the product owner makes a mistake in, in describing the requirements. Yeah. Um, maybe he misunderstood something from the business side and mm -hmm. so on. So a lot of things. And then there are changing requirements that can be from external side. Uh, I don't know, the law changes or and the customer wants something else uh, suddenly, you know, things like that. Um, it's, it's so dynamic. So it's really, mm. and then, you know, software, uh, a lot of the, the software platforms you build it on, they change, they have a bug, they have, um, yes. whatever, you know, huge, yeah, that's another uh, thing to consider. Problems can come from this. <laughs> so there's really a lot of the, that, um, this process, uh, entails and it's, um, it's not a, yeah, it is really not a simple problem to solve software development. Yeah. That's why, yeah, that's why I think there is this role, you know, a product mm. owner or business, and it's really important. Yes, uh, to, in the process. Um, to make it run smooth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, yeah, uh, every all the people involved need to handle the complexity. Mm. But I think especially the product owner, he needs to, as you said, the funnel, right? He needs to. Yes. He has all the chaos mm -hmm. and needs to make it, digestible for all the people involved you know that's a great way of putting it yeah, yeah. and obviously to get to that point um there's a lot of processes and, and hurdles no doubt and obstacles that you have to overcome like you mentioned there communication is key making sure that it's interpreted um to where you know the developers um you know understand the requirements or, or the plan um you know clearly and the same on obviously the business side of things um so Obviously, you're carrying a lot of the, the decisions there um, and obviously ensuring that, you know, on both sides, things are running smoothly. Um, so in saying that, from your perspective, what was sort of the main challenge you face in that kind of situation throughout your working career? And how did you overcome that or what was useful to allow you to overcome that and come to a resolution? Oh, that's a. Uh interesting question <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess <clears throat> i mean there, i had a lot of uh, challenges uh, surely yeah, no doubt uh, all, the, <laughs> all the time but um uh yeah it's uh, i guess you know quite um, recently last year i think that was that was a huge challenge um, mm. because we had, you know, the thing was that the business side promised mm. something uh, or mm. promised a lot of things in the contract, right. in the okay. contract, which is even worse, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, that is, if it's there written, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then um, this, this contract was already written before mm. I joined the company. Okay was already signed and so on. And yeah. when I joined, I, I was suddenly responsible for this project. And wow. then, um, okay, uh, we found quickly that we cannot deliver all these things mm -hmm. so quickly as they wanted them, right? Right. So uh, it was a total, yeah, it was really um, a challenge to, you know, still make the partner happy <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, from IT side because we were really uh, put in front of a kind of an impossible situation okay. where we had to, okay, we yeah, basically, of course, we can only deliver a small part of what you promised, what our business side promised the customer, mm. the partner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> then important is that you cut the as I said, right, that you prioritize and then you need to really rigorously um, cut things out. Yes, you know, I can imagine. You need to go back to, okay, what does the end customer actually want or mm. need? need yeah. And how can we create um, in this short time, create a, a software that does its job? Mm. Uh, from the end customer's perspective yeah but maybe in the background a few things are not yet working yeah uh, are still you know manual um, every everywhere where we could save time mm -hmm. and, re and development resources um, 
we first cut it out, you know, for the release um, uh, time, the release uh, date, right? Okay. So it was really a tough, um, tough situation because you had you had to tell this to the partner who was expecting yes. much more. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, making hard decisions to cut stuff out and mm. uh, move it to later. And then when you cut stuff out, of course, you have to change the solution a little bit here and mm. there because uh, the original plan is not yet implemented. So you need to uh, find uh, other ways to solve mm. it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and that was really tough. And then, you know, after two months that I joined, we really wow <laughs> so not much time <laughs> not at all two months yeah. very well, yeah. short space really of time short. wow yeah, I mean, th there was already a few things were already there right so mm. there was the like the basis of the software was there yeah and, and, and the of the front end part and the core part was also um basically there but mm -hmm. um still a lot of things had to be done and the specification was you know all over the place was yeah. not yet really streamlined to what we needed to do mm. yeah so yeah in the end um the release was good the release was successful it was a working good. software but of course a wow. lot of things were still missing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's to be you know expected within that time but that's uh, exactly. very impressive yeah. within that space yeah. of time as well and the fact that obviously you were placed in, I guess you could say, a, a tricky position. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, I guess it's being a product owner then, um, you know, obviously you'll specialize in that field. Is it more so of, of being able to kind of um, obviously rationally and quickly identify these different issues? Say, you know, the fact that you had to go back to the partner and kind of discuss that you had to change a lot of things and delay sort of the dates and everything else um is it is it having sort of the ability to quickly identify those kind of issues as such to come to that um you know uh, resolution at the end yeah exactly if you come from the software development um originally you mm. i think you get a good understanding of um you know how much effort certain certain things are that you don't have when you have never developed software i think mm, because yeah. uh, sometimes you see a, a very simple you know check box on the ui right on the yeah. front end. but yeah. in the end actually there's a lot of you know uh, business logic or software behind it mm. that um that um you don't see if you just see this front end checkbox right yeah so, uh, and on the other hand things that uh, that look great or something like that are could actually be very simple to develop you know yes just for the looks you know it could be you know non-technical people let's say like mm. some they they wouldn't understand uh, they would they would maybe say the thing that looks better is also more Com more um, complicated to develop or more mm. uh, with more effort yeah um, but this might not always be the case you know and when they then sometimes business um, business stakeholders describe a process yeah and then we do this and this and it's very easy <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. and you you as IT uh, person, you think, oh my God, this will be so hard. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Yeah. You have to consider it from all angles, I guess, you know. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's where communication is key, like you mentioned. It is, exactly. And then it is key to, to explain mm. uh, why, okay, this really takes much longer than if we do it um, the other way, for example. Yeah. So this you mm. need to explain, uh, you need to find the right words to explain to the business side. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's about educating both both sides, really. But firstly, exactly. your position, kind of identifying first, okay, what direction should we head into? What would be the best for the company or, you know, to ensure that this product release is a success? So when you have all of those points, then you i guess you then have to think about okay how can i communicate this in a way that the developers would understand and agree with and vice versa same on the business side am i right in sort of saying that 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, it was really interesting um, to have your insight on that. Obviously, as you mentioned, on the developer side, they can make or build software. And as you mentioned, there could be bugs um, in terms of, you know, using it, etc. So it's not always straightforward. And I know another point you identified early on was the fact that it's very common to have offshore developer teams. So ensuring the communication, obviously you have your language barriers and making sure you communicate the plan clearly to them so that they deliver on their part and then obviously do the same on the business side um, is crucial, I guess you could say, in the process. So how do you kind of manage that? Say if a situation like that were to come up, how do you manage that well? So in that for you know for remote teams it's very important it's it's mm. even more important that you um write a good specification or yes. you know can also be user stories in the agile world we would probably call it user stories yeah but uh, it's um it's very important even more important that you describe the things very literally you know very yeah. exact okay because um, otherwise there will always be misunderstandings and you have mm. to you know, always question or uh, what I always do is um, have someone else review it, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, even someone else next to you uh, will have, um, will maybe not understand what you just wrote there or yeah. not exactly, you know, not exactly what you mean. Yeah. And, and that is uh, important is exactly otherwise, you know, it. I mean, it also happens to me all many times. You know, it's it's normal that you create a specification and then you think, man, I mean, that's clear to me. You know, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know what true. I mean. Right? Yeah. But How can I not? <laughs> exactly. The other person will say, okay, but what in this case? What in that case? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's always going to be yeah. different. Mm. Exactly. So that's important. And. I mean, we have learned it now during the pandemic. Uh, remote work has a few more extra uh, challenges. Mm. Um, and with these, you know, even before the pandemic, I had this with the developing teams um, already, you know, these yeah. issues mm -hmm. that you <clears throat> have to have, to, you know, uh, checkpoints, regular checkpoints with them, mm -hmm. even if it's a daily meeting or whatever. Yes. Um, that that always helps uh, to you know uh, not if you see go something going in the wrong direction to immediately correct the course mm -hmm. and um, talk to them frequently uh, the room the people that are working remote um, yeah that's I think that's that's very important um, yeah definitely because otherwise it can be much more problematic if you only talk to them twice every two more weeks or so. Order. yes like that that would make sense month, then, yeah, yeah. Then, <laughs> then, then you'd see more what, yeah. <laughs> what is happening here yeah oh very true i mean yeah. as i mentioned it's, it's interesting for me to hear i guess you could say as the outsider in, in the equation um looking in where you're offering us the insight in terms of all the ins and outs that, that go on behind the scenes i guess you could say um yeah. now it seems like regardless of whether the developer team um, onshore, offshore, the, the issue and tensions, just to use your word from earlier, is always going to be there regardless, because obviously mm -hmm. you're going to have two contrasting sides of the business and obviously the middleman and woman in the middle trying to manage all of the expectations realistically, um, obviously, and, and yeah. try and deliver something of value, which is obviously the key word of our podcast that we're using today. Um, yeah. So the issues are always going to be there. I know I asked this earlier, but remove the product owner, the, the requirements engineer and, you know, um, the business analyst completely out of the equation, just so we can, you know, sort of see more insight into that. How do you see, how do you see that process sort of operating if you were to remove that middleman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I, that um, response says itself. <laughs> Um, I mean, then I would lose my job, so I cannot <laughs> speak for that. <laughs> no, um, okay, I mean, if if we imagine a world like that, you know, when I was studying um, 
business information systems there was already that i mean that was you know a long time ago 12 years ago but i i already <laughs> they, they already always had these i these um nice ideas or visions of the future where there are no developers needed anymore because you can <laughs> You know, you can have these process engines that <clears throat> yeah. where you can just, you know, business people can just plug or move, uh, drag and drop uh, the process, um, you know, pieces, elements together and connect yeah. them with, with arrows. And mm -hmm. then you, you play, press build and it's um, a working software. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was this, this vision, right, with these BPM tools and so on. But uh, until now, it has not come to to be <laughs> i mean that's kind of thing um now they are doing i mean now they they are coming um uh, they, or they they take it down a level um with these low code platforms mm. um which is already closer to to that but you know even there you always need um developers and yeah you will always need a person that is you know that can understand both parts and that has the yeah. resource and that has basically as i said right a, a developer is really a specialized person and mm. he needs to focus he or she needs to focus on the you know create coding creating software good good creating good software architecture yeah. testable you know, it's not, um, you, you cannot um, use your time then for discussions with the end customer or the mm. business side. It's really, because it's not, it's not a clear, uh, straightforward discussion always. Yeah. <laughs> no, very true. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and, and also because this, the business side doesn't always understand the developer side, right? Mm. As I said, and um, I think it will be really, it would be, it, will, it would rather be like this, you know, maybe AI, you know, will mm -hmm. eventually maybe replace, or eventually replace us all, huh? but some <laughs> first, you know, in phases, yeah, I think first it might replace the developers. Yeah. And, instead of the product owners or business owners because you yeah. still need people to to tell the ai what to build yes and, and even an ai will need a you know an unambiguous description of that mm -hmm. definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so nothing against developers you know i was one too so i'm not saying yeah. they should be replaced i just say this might be you know because if you tell the uh, com a computer or uh, the AI, um, mm. what to do exactly? What to do? They will do exactly that. Yeah. Um, and the AI may may think a little further. Uh, mm. So, but still, you know, knowing what the business means, what they what they really want. But sometimes even the business doesn't know what what they actually want. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they only know uh, they have this idea in their head, this vision. Mm. But you need the practical people to bring them down to the what is possible to the reality. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, I think that's that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Hard to imagine a world like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to. That's why you know I thought I'd propose it as if that you know were the equation because obviously I know that process needs to be in place within any company. You know, you need to have the developers, as you mentioned, focus on their coding and delivering usable software. Um, obviously, the business side of things, um, you know, as well, kind of adding to the process. And then you have your product owner, et cetera, within the middle yeah. um, who sets these targets. You know, I guess you could say that's, you know, received well on both ends. So I agree with that kind of format. Exactly. I mean, look, I'm working in a startup now, right? Mm. And and in a startup, you will never have a role that is not useful, right? Yes, yeah. You have to save costs everywhere. So mm -hmm. you will, everything that you can spare, every resource you can spare, you will spare. So mm -hmm. I would not be a product owner in a startup if this 
role was not valuable, you know. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Otherwise, there I would agree. only be the developers without me, you know. Yes. And then, yes. and then I think, yeah. So uh, I think that already shows it, you know. Yeah, definitely. And there's different functions to each role, but all of which obviously, you know, contribute to either the growth and success of the company, the product, whatever the case may be in this situation. So you need yeah. those different factors um, essentially yeah. in any process. So that's why it was interesting for me to kind of hear what your take would be, given that you've been within this position for, for a number of years and within these types of processes, met a lot of challenges as well. I mean, the one that you mentioned to us earlier in the podcast, within that two months space of time, um, kind of highlights that you know is a perfect example as to why these kind of processes are put into place but obviously in your case you had a lot to balance in that situation and a lot of decisions to make so that's very interesting so you mentioned there the value and that's exactly what we wanted to answer in this podcast so given all of the different factors that you've highlighted um the question to you really is then what is sort of the value that product donors, business analysts, and, you know, um, requirements engineers, what do they carry? So that's kind of what we wanted to answer towards the end. So yeah, how would you kind of break that down and answer that? So, I mean, after all that we've talked about, I think it's clear that, mm -hmm. um, you know, what any engineer creates, no matter software, hardware, whatever, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's only valuable if people use it or need yes. it, right? Mm -hmm. Want to use it or want to love to use it, want to use it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, otherwise it's only art or, I mean, art is also, <laughs> yeah. also valuable, yeah. of course. <laughs> but, um, in a business sense, you know, that is really the core thing. So that's what the product owner, business analyst or requirements engineer facilitate mm -hmm. you know yes. that this that what the engineers create is actually uh valuable used by people and mm -hmm. loved by people yeah and creates value for the business i Love think that's that. that, that, yeah. that's a perfect summary and i think the points that you've outlined throughout this podcast kind of um provide sort of you know add it all into one when you take them all into account um definitely from my from my end i do see great value in say product donors and, and business analysts etc within the company because of what they have to entail so you know your example was perfect in terms of you know your previous company or what you worked on previously you know you were chucked into a situation that was the requirements this was the end goal but it's not as straightforward and obviously you had to manage that so really do appreciate that and um i have to thank you so much as well for sharing your insight it's always good to have sure. you know a personal approach to it as well so fantastic thank you so much stefan um i really did enjoy uh you know speaking with you on the podcast thank you for joining me on episode four as well um and you shared sure. a lot thank of light you're welcome. You shed a lot of light to some great topics. So, um, you know, very valuable indeed, which I think we can take as the key word of today's <laughs> podcast. 